Hello and welcome to today's VG Oncology podcast. Stay tuned for on this episode we'll be hearing from three leading experts who spoke at the ASCO GI 2022 symposium, covering the latest on the use of liquid biopsies, including in the early diagnosis and treatment follow-up of gastrointestinal cancers. First, we have Scott Copers from the University of Texas discussing the utilisation of circulating tumour cells to determine minimal residual disease in gastrointestinal cancers. The use of uh, circulating tumour DNA to define minimal residual disease is one of the most uh, impactful changes uh, that's occurred in colorectal and GI oncology recently. This technology is enabled by uh, a substantial improvement in next-generation sequencing uh, methodologies that allow us to detect uh, microscopic uh, amounts of DNA uh, that is derived from the tumor and the plasma of patients. Uh, This is uh, literally a needle in a haystack uh, where we're seeing one in a hundred thousand, one in a million uh, fragments of DNA that are uh, mutated and derived from the tumor. Um, Many of these approaches are sequencing the primary tumor and then looking for specific alterations that are present in the the blood of patients to determine whether or not there's any uh, disease that remains. Other technologies use uh, what we know about large panels of colorectal cancer to define signatures of those uh, in a similar way uh, in a non-tumor informed manner. All of these techniques uh, have characteristics that are really important that allow us to have a very high uh, positive predictive value, a great certainty that if we detect something in the patients, there's a very high likelihood that the cancer uh, remains. Um, As a result of this, um, this is enabling a number of very innovative clinical trials, and we're seeing a lot of uh, enthusiasm for this in the field. The early studies are really asking, how do we better deliver adjuvant therapy? After surgery, we know that a proportion of patients have microscopic disease that remains behind, but not everyone. Um, And we know that we need to better deliver adjuvant chemotherapy to those patients that have microscopic residual disease, meaning disease we don't see on the CT scan, but we can detect on with CT DNA. But there's others that we may be over-treating that even though they may have a stage three colon cancer, for example, a lot of those patients are cured with surgery alone. And so if we can identify those patients, we may be able to spare them the uh, toxicities associated with this chemotherapy. So it's a very uh, exciting area uh, of how to really administer ad- uh, adjuvant therapy. But the most impactful uh, area is really in those patients that have had surgery and have had adjuvant therapy um, where we can detect minimal residual disease well before the cancer appears radiographically. We think we're dealing with cancer that's uh, 10, 100, maybe 1,000 times smaller uh, amounts of disease than we would than uh, if we waited until they had a disease that appeared on their imaging. So there's a tremendous interest in asking the question, can we use novel immunotherapy, novel cellular therapy, targeted therapies, or other types of cytotoxic uh, chemotherapies to try to eradicate and even potentially cure these patients before the disease uh, uh, 
progresses uh, to the point where we can radiographically see them. And because we have these biomarkers and ctDNA testing, we can do a number of really small phase two proof of principle studies to ask questions about whether novel therapies are deriving benefit. So we're no longer limited to this barrier of having to do a thousand patient randomized phase three study to test anything in the adjuvant setting. So this new setting of minimal residual disease, there's incredible enthusiasm that this can represent a brand new setting for uh, drug development. It can be a brand new setting with novel therapies that may improve outcomes for patients. Next up, Noreen Starling from the Royal Marsden NHS Foundation Trust outlines the emerging role of circulating tumor DNA in the early diagnosis of gastrointestinal cancers. I think we can look at this part of um, the spectrum of GI cancer treatment as early detection of cancer or early slash faster diagnosis of cancer. So I talked about studies and evidence for liquid biopsies, specifically ctDNA in both, and the different um, techniques. So I think when we look at ctDNA for this indication, it's plasma only because we, you know, we're not using the tumour to guide us. So sensitivity is important and there's various technologies which might leverage a whole genomic approaches, methylation approaches, something called fragmentomics, a mixture of the above. And many of the tests and the studies we see are multi-analyte, so they're leveraging these different characteristics to see if we can really detect uh, cancer before it's symptomatic, so early detection. Um, and, uh, and I've presented a number of studies that are running. Some of them are linked to, say, colorectal screening programs. Some of them are looking at asymptomatic general population screening. Very ambitious study in the UK with the Grail Gallery test of 140,000 asymptomatic people aged um, 50 to 77. Um, currently running uh, to see if that dries up earlier detection stage one and two, where we know treatment is more curable and that survival will be better, and that is a key aim. And for me, in the diagnostic space, this is something I'm very interested in. I think of a sharp focus shone on it by the COVID pandemic when diagnostic capacity for GI cancer is reduced. And again, with a number of these different assays, we see potential clinical utility uh, in the early diagnosis space, i.e. patients presenting with symptoms. Can we get to the diagnosis more quickly, more efficiently? Um, again, get patients onto treatment more quickly. And one uh, from my institution, we presented a small pilot study, uh, again, precipitated by the pandemic, deploying liquid biopsies for a faster diagnosis in HPB cancers. Finally, Justin Mensel, also from the Royal Marsden NHS Foundation Trust, provides an overview of the pilot study, Reveil, that evaluated the use of circulating tumour DNA to support the diagnostic pathway for patients with suspected pancreatic and biliary tract cancers. We um, piloted the use of uh, liquid biopsies to support a diagnosis of patients with suspected cancers um, across multiple tumour types, but this included pancreatic and biliary tract cancer. We know that these particular tumours are quite difficult to diagnose given their deep location in the body. They often require invasive diagnostics such as endoscopies um, and also repeated investigations as well. And this results in delays in diagnosis and starting treatment. Um, and this was very, um, uh, this is obvious in the, during the COVID-19 pand pandemic when worldwide there was a reduction in invasive diagnostic procedures. So we piloted the uses of liquid biopsies to support a diagnosis um, in these tumours and we did need a non-invasive way of diagnosing these tumours. So liquid biopsies or, or ctDNA is a, 
is DNA that's tumor-derived. Um, it's released from the tumor into the blood, and it can be detected and analyzed um, through a liquid biopsy. Um, in this study, in the Prevail study, we um, enrolled patients with suspected malignancy, so radiologically suspicious disease, um, who had not had a or not had a confirmed histological diagnosis. We recruited 16 patients per, per cohort, um, including in the biliary tract and the pancreatic cancer cohorts. And we detected, we analyzed and collected CT DNA um, using a custom 59G pan, gene panel at the Institute of Cancer Research, our in house assay. Um, subsequently, all results were interpreted um, used it through a molecular tumor board um, with genomic specialists' um, input. We found that um, in our cohort that we had a detection rate in the pancreatic cohort of 69% and in the biliary tract cohort of 56%. And remember that some of these patients didn't have malignancy, but um, radiologically suspicious disease. So this is what we were expecting. Um, when we, some patients subsequently underwent a biopsy and that was 23 patients across the two cohorts and we were able to do a sensitivity and specificity analysis. Um, we actually showed relatively good high sensitivity and specificity when we used a liquid biopsy or CTDNA in the diagnosis of pancreatic and biliary tract cancer. Um, the sensitivity was 80% for the pancreatic cancer cohort and specificity 100%. And in the biliary tract cohort, the sensitivity was 100% and specificity 75%. Interestingly, we did detect a something called a false positive result in the biliary tract cohort, which did actually reduce the specificity. However, that patient was subsequently diagnosed with an esophageal cancer, not a biliary tract cancer, and that was why the patient had a detectable ctDNA. So we um, found from our study that liquid biopsies um, and ctDNA is a non-invasive tool which can be used to support a diagnosis of, um, of cancer in patients with suspected pancreatic and biliary tract cancer. Um, we found good sensitivity and specificity when um, ctDNA was used as a diagnostic tool in these tumours. And we thought that in these patients who are unable to go invasive biopsies due to, say, comorbidities or in difficult-to-access tumours um, or those requiring repeated biopsies and investigations, we could use ctDNA to accelerate that diagnosis. The approach that we piloted um, may, in fact, improve diagnostic efficiencies and add resilience to the current pathway, which is currently rely on invasive diagnostics to diagnose these difficult to diagnose tumours. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app so we can continue to deliver our specialist content directly to you. Follow us on Twitter at VG Oncology to join in the conversation and check out vgoncology.com for all the latest updates and exclusive coverage in the field of circulating tumour cells and DNA. Make sure to subscribe to the VJ Oncology podcasts, which are available on Spotify, Apple and Poppy.